The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. What pattern with money are you not addressing today? Hey, everyone. From LinkedIn News, this is In the Arena, a podcast exploring human potential. I'm Leah Smart, and every week you'll find me right here in conversation with bright minds and brave hearts, learning how we can improve our lives and our world by transforming ourselves. So this episode's about money. Did you get a little cringy? You and probably everyone else who's listening right now. And no matter the reason for your cringe, so many people I know were raised not to talk openly about money because it was either rude or awkward. Maybe you'll trigger someone, including yourself. But money is sewn into the fabric of our lives, and it's somehow still a huge conversation that many of us struggle to deal with. So a couple years back, I decided to start getting curious about my own relationship to money. And I realized that without doing it on purpose, I'd been equating my money circumstances, whether I thought they were good or bad, to my own value. And that simply was not working for me in the direction I was going in my life. So on this money voyage, I decided to start working with an accountant named Karen Bond, who's been one of the main drivers for my changing relationship to the green stuff. Turns out she's been the perfect person to manage money since she was young. I mean, I was always pretty much intrigued with the concept of money. I vividly remember a project I had when I was in elementary school where we had to plan a trip to go to Disney World and you had to like take the map and like actually budget out like the cost of every day based off of gas and food and a hotel. And like you only had so much money and you had to figure out how to get to Disney and back with your family. And it's so funny because... I really enjoyed that. So I think to some degree, that's kind of always been something that's interested me of being able to understand how money works. Karen's also got some powerful ways to look at and understand money that supports a better relationship to it, no matter how much or how little you think you have. Before we get into that, though, let's do a quick caveat on privilege. So as we all know, we enter this world with differing levels of privilege in a multitude of areas geographical, financial, in our family structure, our race, our gender, education, the list goes on. When it comes to how we grew up, we all have a different money story. What we learned and didn't learn about it, what was said and what was not said. Most of it, at least for me, came down to the most influential adults in my life and how they seemed to be handling their finances from a totally naive kid's perspective. So I grew up in a middle-class family in the Bay Area, and we weren't super wealthy and we weren't poor. And growing up, my experience was that money was a conversation for adults. Aside from those occasional comments we probably all remember about how money doesn't grow on trees or my mom's frustration about how I always ended up picking the most expensive item in the store. But something I understood in my late 20s was that when it comes to money, no matter how much we have or don't have, we're all in this dynamic and changing relationship with it. We ask questions like, is there enough right now? How do I get more of this? How do I prove I have it? Will there be enough later on? How do I make sure no one knows I do have it? And who can I trust right now with my financial situation? 
the internal dialogue just tends to go on and on. I mean, take a minute to notice what you thought about when I said the word money at the top of the show. Maybe you wanted to turn it off right away. When we get down to it, who doesn't want enough money to live the lives we're lit up by? Not even what's on Instagram. And yet so many of us don't explore our relationship to it or talk about it with others. What is with that? So I am here today inviting you to explore a few themes throughout this conversation. What is your relationship to money, your money story, as you'll keep hearing? How do you keep how much money you have separate from how you value yourself as a human being? And what is success when it comes to money anyways? Quick note before we get started, if you did feel a little bit triggered and you want to keep going, great. But if you need to tap out, that's totally fine too. We'll see you next week, and I still love you. And so let's get started with Karen's take on money, which I found pretty refreshing. I believe money's a resource. It's not as much of something that you have or you don't have. It's just it becomes something that fluctuates throughout your lifetime. And I think oftentimes understanding that is where I come back to that idea of clarity empowerment, which is kind of my tagline in my business, is because this concept of if you can take charge of what you spend, how you spend it, not put an attachment to it, right? Don't worry about what you're spending or how you're spending it, but just understand those numbers. Your ability to feel empowered with that becomes so rewarding. It becomes a point where you realize, like, I do spend my money, but I'm also getting joy out of that. I don't believe in a budget. I've told so many clients that across the board, it's not something I believe in, but I believe in understanding your numbers, understanding what you're spending, understanding what you're earning so that you can make decisions easily. And so not having an attachment to that of of guilt or fear or worry, but more so having a concept of, well, I, I got something from it too and assessing it. And if it feels like the feeling was more of like a of fear and worry and stress, well, then maybe just evaluate it and say, maybe I need to reduce those costs. Maybe I need to reduce it down and not budget, but it more so just bring about the clarity of like what you're really spending. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on this show, we focus so much on how to reach your own potential, but we can't really talk about that without talking about money because it is, you know, in the fiber of our experience. So I'm curious, Karen, you've worked with people who are high net worth individuals and, like you said, people who don't have a whole lot of money, what are the themes that you see come up among those people? I think the underlying theme is definitely it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. You're still kind of worried in the back. Like, are you doing the right thing? Are you not doing the right thing? I think the difference is the level of what your worry is. What it is, is that we're talking in numbers. So for some person who doesn't make much, a concept of $10 is substantial. But when a person is in the hundreds of thousands or hundreds of millions, a 50,000 isn't substantial. Money is such a common theme that is ingrained in, in our society. It is something that frankly, empowers most conversations in the sense of most conversations start there. Well, what do you do? And how are you doing that? And someone's going to pin you of that type of person like, oh, well, you do that. And, you know, you're an attorney or you're, you know, this or whatever. You're a doctor. Or I often challenge people to kind of take that out of it because I really do believe that um, at our core, we still have the same challenges and the things going on. It's like I said from before, it's perspective of where that is. 
you know, in my experience, money became fearful for me when I realized as an adult that it was something that I just didn't understand because it was something that in my world was not discussed. It Mm -hmm. was almost rude um, or taboo to talk about money. And I think the intention of that was... um, was good, right? The intention was to ensure that, you know, you don't worry about what doesn't need to be worried about, right? Or like this kind of adult stuff, not kids stuff. But then getting older and realizing like, oh my gosh, I haven't been educated really on this at all. There's no formal education on it. And in fact, I was just reading an article last week that Michigan, I think, has become the 14th state to mandate high school education and personal finance. And so, you know, just thinking about the fact that like that didn't exist for us and it doesn't exist for even most kids today is part of the reason that we have so many struggles with it and it sits at the center of our world, I think, in part, is because of the fact that we haven't been educated on it. Now, the other part, of course, is, you know, the country that we live in, money is a conversation for people, whether they have a lot or a little. And for me, uh, my personal challenges with it and even shame with it was like I equated money to my own value. So I love that you said like money is a resource because that allows you to start to detangle the idea of how much money or how little money you have from your own value as a human being. Yeah. And I think that's really important what you said there, because I think that in our society, money is constantly... um, someone's cooler, someone's better, someone's whatever because of the money that they have. And I often challenge people that I speak to to remember that you're not living in anybody's shoes. You have no idea what's truly going on in anyone's life. And so taking a step back and saying, you know, whatever you have is enough. And I think kind of looking at that from a different perspective, really just literally stepping back and seeing it in a different view um, than of that, oh, well, if I had an extra $5,000 every month, or, oh, if I had an extra bit. Um, One of my other clients that I have, she'd asked me one time to do a whole bunch of content around sexy numbers. The idea (laughs) of we as as entrepreneurs, particularly because that's what I deal with primarily, have this idea of like, oh, I can't wait to make it to sexy numbers. But then you don't realize that once you get to these sexy numbers, these really big numbers of income, both monetarily within your business and how you manage it, but then also a tax side, what the effect of that is. Like you increase everything and the the increases of expenses go up, your taxes go up. That is very real. That shouldn't be surprising, right? You make more money, you have to spend more money. And taxes, obviously, but also you start getting excited about being able to afford a more expensive place to live. All of a sudden, you need a better car, more clothes, fancier trips. And out of nowhere, those money worries that dissipated when your income increased come pouring back in. Or you lose your job or want to switch to a lower paying career and you just find that you're stuck. When we get back, Karen helps us get to the bottom of how to optimize our relationship with money as our lives continue to change. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. 
Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product, though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so... We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. And we're back with my lovely accountant, CPA, Karen Bond. Now, my relationship with money is still ever-evolving, so I don't want you to think that I've in any way mastered this yet. I'm learning right alongside you. But the most influential book I've read on the topic is Lynn Twist's The Soul of Money. She has a ton of gems in this book, but here's a quote I return to in working on this episode. Money itself isn't the problem. Money itself isn't bad or good. Money itself doesn't have power or not have power. It is our interpretation of money, our interaction with it, where the real mischief is and where we find the real opportunity for self-discovery and personal transformation. And Karen's take is pretty similar. With people that had multiple millions that I was working with, their relationship with money might not have been one that allowed for ease and flow. Whereas I have worked with other people who there's a lot more fluidity and not worry. There's a lot more ease. They might not be making as much, but there's also varying levels of like you even said happiness there, you know, of just, Mm -hmm. you know, not feeling an attachment to it. And I think that's really the core for me is not feeling an attachment and worry, just letting it kind of flow. This is a perfect conversation for right now, the era that we're in right now with the stock market, the way that it is and potential changes in how our economy has been working for, you know, years. And so I think that remembering that um, jobs change, account balances change, expenses grow, expenses decrease, taxes increase, taxes decrease um, from year to year. But you know, I always challenge every client I have. And and I know you know this, Leah, where I truly, truly at my core believe that if you pay attention all year to what's going on, even sit down and say, hey, what's your in, what's your out? That doesn't mean you have to do it on a regular, but just doing it one time is going to be empowering. Um, And it's going to help you understand really like, oh my goodness, I have some extra space in there that I didn't even realize was there. Um, And that that extra space, that doesn't mean you have to go spend it. That doesn't mean you go and put it into a savings account. What it does mean is that you are aware of it. And being aware of it Mm. just in and of itself is going to create an empowered mindset that honestly will free up other things in your life because you're going to feel like, okay, cool. Month to month, like I'm okay. Like I'm net positive every month and I feel good about it. Or maybe you're net negative and what that feels for you. There shouldn't be shame around that. It is okay to be net negative sometimes. Like it is okay. It is, mm-hmm. it's, it's a healthy thing to understand. The challenge becomes when you don't 
um, pay attention. And then there's a ton of net negatives. And then you feel like you're in a hole, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. and just kind of looking at it from more of like, how can I just take one thing to make it a little bit less stressful and by possibly changing one thing it releases something else that makes it easier for you to kind of breathe a little bit more and everything becomes more aligned in that way. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems so funny on like a money side when you think about things, because there are so many people that don't even have the option to even get to talk about these things. Right. I'll, I'll be quite frank. Like that's not even something that they can even discuss because they're mm-hmm. thinking about just even putting the food on the table. I'm yep. fully aware of that. So me saying like money's just a resource kind of could almost seem insensitive, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I'm, what I'm trying to say is there is um, times in your life when you may be more capable of doing this than other times in your life. And if you at times when you feel you're a little bit more capable, you put that thought forward it's only going to help you the next time you can do it. Because the reality is, is that every person is constantly thinking about money in our society. And so the concept of it is making sure that you are working through that in a way that is um, safe for you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. I think, you know, our conversation is one between uh, two people who have you know, level of privilege that maybe doesn't match other people's, but also is, you know, different than different than other people's. So like the levels of privilege of people who may be listening to this from a financial perspective is varied. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, as someone who's had my own financial challenges and quite frankly, is still figuring those out, you know, I understand the feeling. I understand all feelings, actually. Like I understand the feeling, the feeling of going, oh, my God, I don't have enough. And the feeling of going, oh, my God, I have a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, I think education and my, now my work history changes what I believe about what's going to happen for me in the future in a way that opens up possibility. So I also think that's that in itself is a privilege. But at the same time, I think there are probably small steps that people can take, right? So uh, going from saying, like, I've tied my personal value to the amount of money I make, and so therefore I'm either, like, better than everyone or worse than everyone or right in the middle, there are probably, there are steps you can take to sort of start to unravel that. But I don't, I think to your point, it's not a jump from money is, you know, the biggest problem in my life to, oh, money's just a resource and everything's fine. Right, no, <laughs> so, 100%. And I think that's what even be said about, like, myself, I think even on my own personal journey that I have, I know once again, back to the idea of impermanence, there are going to be moments, even in my journey, that I'm not going to always feel like everything is, is great and money's a resource there. There's nothing wrong in not feeling like that too. You know what I mean? It's literally just a journey and it's the fluidity of it and understanding it. That's what I challenge people to more so than, you know, that for me, it's a perfect example. I, there are times when I don't want to look at my bank account, right? Because I feel I've spent a lot or I feel like I'm like, oh goodness, I got to go deal with this, right? Whatever number of things happened in life, right? But I challenge people to just look at it because it's not going to help if you don't pay attention to it. Paying attention to it is what's going to allow you to go, okay, good, close the book. That doesn't mean you have to dive deep and do a whole analysis and, you know, build a trip to Disney as you were talking Mm -hmm. about, but you can also just know, know what that looks like for you, know how it makes you feel, recognize it and move on. Um, And like you said, it's an attachment that you have to remove. It's not easy. Um, I still will have attachments to it. And I know I will throughout my life. That is reality. The only thing is, is that I have learned to teach myself as best I can to 
try not to have an attachment to it, that it's okay to spend at times and there's okays to not. And so just feeling that and being okay with that is what for me is important because there's going to be time when it's not as easy as other times. Yeah. So it sounds like the money story you would leave us with is, you know, the only phrase that comes up for me is this radical acceptance. And it's like radical acceptance of, you know, where you are, radical acceptance of the fluidity of money as as a resource or as something that you need, you're going to need for the rest of your life. Um, And I might add, too, it's also um, the understanding that it can change, it can go up or down, right? Because there are so many stories in the world of people who have grown up with very, very little. uh, And in circumstances that we would say this person would never end up where they did end up. And so I, I always like to, to balance the accepting what's true now. Um, sometimes that's harder for me, but it's also, you know, saying what can be true for me later on and not not saying that acceptance is uh, a choice of being complacent. It is looking at what's happening today, but then deciding what you want to create for tomorrow and like whatever your sexy, sexy numbers yeah. are. 100%. I think that that is the truth. I'm a believer that we create um, in our life, um, and the we are are fortunate in so many ways. Like you said, varying levels of privilege along the way. We all can work hard to create something that we want in our life. And I think too, um, I had listened to this whole bunch of stuff about gratitude at one point along the way, and I was talking mm-hmm. about the fact of gratitude in the sense of. Gratitude is not just like, oh, I'm so thankful for the trees outside or I'm thankful for this conversation right now. But it's acceptance and gratitude for kind of the things that are uncomfortable too, right? And saying like why that experience and being grateful for that experience, even though it may have been something that quote unquote would have been a bad experience, what was created from that? So I think about that even from a monetary side, like if if things go down or the, maybe a job wasn't available or maybe something changed monetarily for you, like why? And kind of just looking at it and kind of asking those questions, like asking why from a sense of a pure moment of asking, not a worry or fear, just like, okay, I understand that. And then I accept it and I move on and kind of going from there. Yeah, that's like we call that like black belt level gratitude. And then also I love that you're tying in this idea of uh, meaning, which, you know, I've talked about before on this show. It was added uh, a couple of years ago as the sixth stage of grief is making meaning out of the experience. So, you know, I think it's so important to connect those dots. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Karen, I'm going to have you answer these three big questions as it relates to how you work with money and how we can all work with money. So the first is better humans are Better humans are giving because when you give, you are not worried about the money that you may or may not have. Instead, you are thinking about those that need it more than you. Better work is? Better work is an abundance of time over abundance of money. And a better world has... A better world just really has more kindness in it. Love that. Thank you, Karen. Of course. Thank you. That was CPA Karen Bond. One big thing before we go. When I started exploring my money story, I couldn't afford to hire someone to help me with it. You don't need to hire anybody to start looking at this topic right now. It's not always easy to look at everything that you've seen in the past or experienced when it comes to money, but it is over time truly liberating. So just ask yourself some questions about what you believe as truth 
Get curious about what the other people in your life might believe is truth. And then start thinking about how you'd really like to rewrite your money story for yourself. If today's episode made you think about what you want your money story to be, share it with a friend and leave us a rating before you go. Even more helpful, write a quick review. It helps other listeners like you find this show and grow with our community. And you can always find me on LinkedIn writing about human potential and meaningful living. In the Arena is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Ariando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Leah Smart. Thanks for coming on the journey with me, and I'll see you next week.